Hour two. Love the Blitz. It's starting right now. Live here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Live on Fan Run Radio. That's 1340 AM. 105.7 FM. That is live in the Fan Run Radio web browser. As well as your Fan Run Radio app. Fan Run Radio app. That's free wherever you get your apps. Take us with you on the go. Also, you'll be ready when we have uh, app only events such as voluntary reactions sometimes so uh make sure you get the fan run fan run app downloaded words got stuck there for a second also if you want to watch along that video feed it's live over on the fox sports knoxville twitter if you want to see me in my suit (laughs) my tie that does not match my shirt right this this definitely doesn't no that that, that goes like can I actually wear this? Yeah, that goes. Yeah. Together? Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't think I understand matching all that well because I thought it definitely didn't go. I just wanted to wear this shirt. Well, actually, I, I wanted to wear this shirt, tuck the shirt in, and put the suit on. And then I was like, oh, wait, I have three ties to choose from. <laughs> one of them is like striped in blue. One of them is solid in light blue. And one of them is just, I think, Tennessee balls, like checkerboards. So. No, you, you picked the right one. Yeah, you picked the right one. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job. Tomorrow. Tomorrow for for game day for Mississippi State game day, maybe it'll be uh, maybe I'll break out the checkerboard tie. Do you have an orange suit? I wish I've actually I've asked for an orange <laughs> suit several times, never never received one. What about like the or, orange pants, the the dually orange pants? I would wear that. <clears throat> like I would, I would definitely, I would wear orange on orange any day. I don't doubt it. You did for the orange bowl. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the orangest bowl of them all. How could I wear anything other than all orange? Sam, did you wear orange for the Orange Bowl? <laughs> yeah. All orange? I didn't wear head-to-toe orange, no. I didn't either. It's because you're soft. I don't, have, I don't have anything orange like but a shirt. You should have a full, <laughs> a full orange suit, Charlie, actually. No, I, like, I want a full it orange would, suit. Would, My buddy had one yeah. freshman year. You can like order it off of Amazon. Like When, when, you, when we were pledging, he'd, he would wear it for game days, and it was like a... He was a pretty small kid, but it was a it was a suit that was like easily three sizes, four sizes too big for him. But it looked awesome. Orange suit, orange pants. He had like a checkerboard belt too, checkerboard tie. Someone buy me one, please. Um. Anyway, hour two, skipping an opening drive, even though I guess there were some pretty opening drive worthy things out there over the weekend we could just do at once we finish up the nfl recap we start spewing out stuff (laughs) darius miles capital murder (laughs) sure it it is news it did happen that was not what i was ready for no no i wasn't expecting you to go there what i wasn't i wasn't expecting that oh you weren't expecting no yeah I wasn't expecting Darius Miles to get arrested. For I wasn't either. Murder, so I guess I we're wasn't both surprised. Either. Both surprised. Um, tell you what might have been surprising, but maybe shouldn't be. Josh Allen kind of struggled again, and I guess struggled is is relative, right? I think, I think we need to have a conversation about Josh Allen. I think that we, as a country and as football consumers, are potentially overrating Josh Allen. But then I also maybe there's a different conversation to be had too about maybe like a a mentality shift on on how we view quarterbacks, right? So 
Josh Allen has a turnover problem, and I think we all know that Josh Allen has a turnover problem. I think that that turnover problem was a pretty big problem when he was a draft prospect, when he was coming out of Wyoming and when he first started with the Bills. He'd kind of quelled it uh, there the last couple years, and this year it's come back. And with with the mistakes that, that Josh Allen makes, right, with some of the bad throws or some of the overthrows, like some of the turnovers that he has – I feel like we don't really downgrade him enough for that because the good with Josh Allen is so good, right? Because, you know, he can he can throw an interception, but then all of a sudden he can turn it on and, and throw a ball 72 yards down the field right in, 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 in the pocket of Stephon Diggs who catches it on the run and scores a touchdown. And then it's just like, man, his good is so much better than the other quarterbacks that I think that we're almost, like, erasing the bad. But Josh Allen still makes far too many mistakes. Like, Josh Allen still has stinkers of games. And I think we let him off the hook for it far far more than we do other quarterbacks. And I think it's partially because we're mesmerized by, like, how good <clears throat> the good looks. Yeah, no, I but agree I mean, with that. I mean, you look like last year. I mean, he had a game where they, like, scored six points against the Jags. And, and the Jags were bad. Like, he had games against the Jets where you know, he was throwing picks and, and like, barely scoring any points. I think he had like 149 yards against the Falcons last year. And those same kind of games, like they've crept up at times this year. You remember that loss to the Jets? Like Josh Allen looked bad. Like there have been other instances this year where Josh Allen has not looked good. And I, I don't know. I feel like, again, like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not going to play. He doesn't necessarily get knocked. But you're not going to play stellar every game. At the so. same time, like, is that almost something that you give up? Like, you'll be like, okay, you know what, I'll, I'll settle for two interceptions a game. Like, I'll settle for an interception and a fumble or a couple turnovers. Oh, you don't want to settle for that. I don't think Josh because Allen is going to settle that. you also know that, like, on the flip side, you know, him pressing the issue and having these turnovers also leads to some crazy plays. Like, I guess, you yeah. know, do you sit here and do you accept that, hey, again, Two interceptions, fine, but no other quarterback's going to do what he does yeah. on the other side of things either. Like no yeah. other quarterback's going to be able to to make the throws that he does to Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. So if that comes with two turnovers, fine. Like is it almost how there's been a shift in MLB ideology where sometimes you're okay with a guy that hits 40 home runs even though he strikes out a million times because you still you'll settle for that, you know those strikeouts if you're getting well, those big plays. It's or a would different. you rather have a guy that that's you know, hitting a bunch of singles and doubles. Like, would you rather have a quarterback that's taking care of the football, but you don't get the big plays? The, I don't know. The baseball stuff's confusing me there, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel like that was a good analogy. No, nah, I think that's a little different. Did, but did you lo- it's just it. There's so many different factors in yeah. there. But but Josh Allen, yeah, no, you clearly. I, th- I mean, people have bad games, um, but. Yeah, Josh Allen's good is so good that I mean, what are you gonna do? He turns the ball over a few times. He what are you gonna bench him? Are you gonna move on to a different quarterback? No, like clearly his ability is is so his peak is so much better than than most of the NFL. That sure, you, yeah, he's gonna have a bad game and and what do you get? You're, you're gonna be upset. You don't want to settle for that. You're not gonna be like, all right, Josh, ah, it's fine. Get him next time. No, but yeah, his good is so good that. Clearly, there's nothing you can really do but just like try to you know improve and get better at that. But 
I, yeah, the turnovers are it certainly it has been an issue. I feel like you know for a lot of his career, especially you know this year, maybe they've been a little bit more glaring than they have in years past. But it is that play style. Maybe you do change the play style a little bit. I know like his part of his game is I'm going to run and be reckless. You can't do that your whole career. So at some point, Josh Allen is going to morph his game into probably a more le- a little bit less reckless of a model because once you get to your 30s, right, you're, you can't just be barreling up the middle like he does a lot of times. Like he's not going to be as as that is going to be really interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. To see like, he's going to have to morph his game at some point. I hadn't thought a whole lot about. So that. maybe that becomes part of it. Hey, let's be less reckless at some point. Let's yeah, we would rather not have. This, this many turnovers in a, in a big game like this, so let's focus on taking care of the ball more. And I'm sure that's going to come with having to change his game from not always being just going crazy, you know. So, But for now, I enjoy Josh Allen and his recklessness. Is he a little bit overrated, and, though? I guess like that's kind no, of... No, I don't think he's overrated. Like, overrated, I think, has a really negative connotation. To yes. Like, I think people hear overrated, they're like, no, he's still really good. And I'm not saying he's anything but incredible. Like yeah. He's an incredibly talented quarterback, but is he overrated in the extent that, like, you know, maybe he's not, like, the best quarterback in the NFL or, like... Well, I never thought he was the best quarterback as, in the NFL. You know, like, or at least, like... I think he's the second best quarterback like, in the NFL. I don't know. Like, maybe yes. he's instead the fourth or fifth best or, like, the third best. No, I think he's properly rated. I think he is still a top five quarterback in the league, and that's where most people, I think, would have him. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a top five quarterback, but sometimes I don't know if he. I still think he's over. Like, I think he's both a top five quarterback and overrated. I think he's number two. Maybe. Who's better, Pat Mahomes? Pat Mahomes is better. Yeah. Who else? It's gonna sound. I would consider taking Joe Burrow. No. Over. Jo- are you over you talked about Allen having bad games and bad turnovers. Joe Burrow has games where he is non-existent. And he turns the ball over. Like, like these games happen. Like, every good quarterback has bad games. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way with Pat Mahomes, but he's clear number one in my opinion. Um, But Joe Burrow has games where he disappears. I don't see that as much from Josh Allen where he's always an impact. Yeah, maybe he he turns the ball over. Three games a year ago he disappeared. Josh, three games a year ago? Sure, I'm talking about, like, now. I mean, a year ago, I had, like, an unbelievable game this year, to be honest. Josh Allen so far this year he hasn't like he's I feel like he he makes a lot of he he went on the best three game stretch of his life in the playoffs last year and I think that that just completely erased irregularities like from our memory of him. I think he brings it like he brings a lot of the mistakes that he makes upon himself and then he gets the bills into a bad spot but like his natural talent also and like the talent around him like they get out of it and then they like they win a game ugly, but they just never like. I don't. Like, I, I I agree with you, Charlie. I think Josh Allen is playing like he's just playing reckless football this year. I like. I wonder too. It's not bad football. You, he's playing reckless football. Like if if he doesn't have Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, like if he has an average NFL receiving core, is he still take take I mean, Jamar that, like, Chase and T Higgins out of the equation? Yeah. Quarterbacks. Like I'm not like saying like it's a knock on him that he has good wide receivers, but. Like would he still like would he be the elite kind of quarterback to elevate a roster like substantially without yeah. 
those elite receivers. I think yeah. I still think probably, but I mean, you said that that Joe Burrow disappears sometimes. Again, so does Josh Allen. Like, yeah, I'm not saying Josh Allen doesn't. With I'm just two, saying like 200 yards and two interceptions and a loss. What like, you're saying about Josh Allen, 72 yards and two picks, also applies with, with Joe Burrow. Like, Josh Allen definitely has those games. I'm just saying like what what the negatives are of Josh Allen also applies to Joe Burrow in a lot of ways. And Joe Burrow doesn't run the ball either. Not to say that that what is that that's what separates the two. And Joe Burrow is is probably a top five quarterback as well. So, but I don't I don't think he's above Josh. I think Josh Allen has a lot more than than Joe Burrow does with in terms of just his impact for the Bills. And I don't know I I do like Joe Burrow, but he also has games where he doesn't look great either. He had like one of those this year, maybe. Like the Cowboys game, week two. But even stats aside, I think Josh Allen does so much more than just like like he I think he's a great leader too. Like and I think he I also is, think so is Joe Shiesty. Yeah, sure. At this point I would take Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. I'm willing to say that. I would not. I would. Maybe this like year, like in terms of Joe Burrow's third year and Josh Allen's what fourth, fifth, fifth year, sure. But overall, right now, if I was if I was choosing as a franchise what quarterback I'd like to have on my team, I'd I'd probably go with Josh Allen. I do uh, I do want to bring this around full circle a little bit. Daniel Jones, him and Josh Allen to me, again like watching yesterday was the best we've seen Daniel Jones play all year. So I don't really want to you know have like too much recency bias here. But Daniel Jones to me is not as far away from Josh Allen as people think. I made a joking text yesterday during the Giants game. I said, is Daniel Jones the, the new Josh Allen? Which, like, <laughs> Just because they look... That is like a joke. They play kind of similar. First, but they play kind of like, similar, let's, really, yeah. let's talk about this for a second, right? So the Giants, credit to them for an exceptional season. It's not done yet, like I've been saying since week one. Future Super Bowl champion, New York Giants. That's not a joke anymore. Like they By actually the way, are my if, Super Bowl pick. If they win the Super Bowl, I will be cutting up all of those and treating them like it was completely serious the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Oh, they're actually my serious Super Bowl pick now. Giants. Wow. They have wild card Giants Super Bowl destiny vibes, like Eli Manning vibes. Like that's but, what I got out of that game yesterday after the first quarter. I was like, the Giants are winning the Super Bowl. I've been praising the Giants like all season long. Like I'm a big believer in in, in Dable. Like I, he's I've been a making, great coach. I've been making the jokes about, you know, Super Bowl yeah. champions. But I've still like I've been a big Giants believer. I've been a huge believer in Daniel Jones throughout his career. Daniel Jones has played great. I've gotten this made fun of countless times on this radio station for my undying belief in Daniel Jones. You guys were not here for a lot of those days, but I used to argue for Daniel Jones aggressively and consistently on multiple shows. Um He's not that far off from Josh Allen anymore. I know that sounds crazy. Like, he still has a long way to go. I don't think he has the ceiling, like a Josh Allen-type ceiling or anything. But, like, let's look at the two, right? Both of them in the draft process. Guys that maybe you worry about the turnover issues. You know, guys that both, though, are, are, are big, athletic, fast, strong arm quarterbacks. Like, yeah. Daniel Jones doesn't have Josh Allen arm strength. No one really does. But, you know, still, like, generally similar type players, right? I think both of them, when they first enter the NFL, aren't necessarily surrounded by 
a ton of talent, especially from a receiving standpoint. They don't. Neither of them really receive good coaching to start off. Both of them show signs of like, hey, this guy can move. Hey, this guy can throw the ball a little bit, but just. Too many times he doesn't look like he understands what's going on. Like Too many times he's turning the ball over. But, again, both of them, bad coaching, right? Josh Allen and, and good coaching comes along. Brian Dable gets in his life. You start to see those improvements. Yeah, that's all. I think that's then the, all. Then the Bills, they go out. They say, hey, here's Stephon Diggs. You know, they draft Gabriel Davis, who turns into a really, really strong wide receiver, too. All of a sudden – with that good coaching, with the elevation of talent around him, Josh Allen makes that jump from guy with potential that turns the ball over and doesn't look like he always has the best understanding for the game to guy that is considered by Andy Brock the second-best quarterback in the NFL and, and by most people, really, the second-best quarterback in the NFL. And I mean, even if you want to argue against him like I did, the third-best quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, he made that jump with an elevation of talent around him and with better coaching. And, yeah, you still see the turnover problems now this year once that one really good coach leaves. But where does he go? He goes to Daniel Jones, who, unlike Josh Allen, never got that elevation of talent around him, never got the elevation of coaching, was consistently stuck, I think, with bad offensive coaches and and bad head coaches and struggled because of it. But there is still just – like, he still showed just enough where you're like, I don't want to give up on this guy yet. If you really put on the film, you would see moments, and you go, I don't want to give up on this guy yet. So now fast forward, here you are with Brian Dable, and Daniel Jones has the best season of his career, capped off with a playoff game where he runs for just shy of 100 yards, throws for over 300, goes on the road, and beats a 13-win Vikings team. You know, he, he's following up a year where he's top 15 in passing yards, top – 20 in touchdowns, like top 10 in QBR, top 5 in interceptions thrown. A guy that was one of the the leading turnover machines in the NFL through five picks this year. Uh, you know, he, he's a threat with his legs. You see him running for another 708 yards this year. Daniel Jones is all of a sudden someone you can build around. And when, when what's all this, you know, what, what what do you where do you go from here if you're the Giants? What happened with the Bills? What did they do next? When when Josh Allen started to show improved levels of play, they went out and got him a, a weapon, an undeniable, unquestionable elite weapon in Stephon Diggs. They went and improved the, the players around him, the personnel around him, and they built around him. That's what the Giants need to do this offseason. Again, here they are, second round of the playoffs, and I, I don't think they're done yet. Andy picked them to win the Super Bowl. I think they're going to beat the Eagles. I haven't beaten the Eagles as well. I think they're going to beat the Eagles this weekend. But yeah. the Giants, the future is bright in New York. Like You already have the running back. You already have the offensive line. Evan Neal is only going to get better. Andrew uh, Thomas was good this year. Sad. You have the wide receiver one, Kenny Gallagher. A young defense. <laughs> like you have pieces defensively, which you still need to add more to. But you just go out this, this, this offseason and you get Daniel Jones a wide receiver one. Go get him a stud of a pass catcher, and you watch, you can take that division over. You can take it away from the Eagles. You can take it away from the Cowboys. The future is bright for the New York Giants, and and you should be buying stock now. Yeah. I hate to say you're right, but you're right. They're good. I think Daniel Jones played better than any any player did this weekend. The MVP of the weekend? Easily. 
Well, we'll wait to see what Tom Brady does tonight. The weekend. Oh, the weekend. <laughs> it's a long weekend. Weekend. It is it's a, a long, long weekend, weekend, Andy. Uno reverse card. Tom Brady. <laughs> <sighs> I've just uh, looked up every uh, ever since the Titans game in Week Two. Josh Allen has had a turnover in every single game besides one. That's not good. It's a lot of turnovers. It's Danny Dimes. He's not doing that. Mm-mm. I love Josh Allen. John, like Dan, Daniel Jones is never going to like flick his wrist as he's getting sacked and, and it drops 70, 70 yards down the field in Stefan Diggs' hands. Like he's never gonna make those kinds of plays. But I think he can he can drive success in a similar fashion to Josh Allen with Dable as a head coach and a, a certified star as a wide receiver one. Can't wait to be having the, is the Daniel Jones elite conversation for the next five years. Maybe we won't have to if he wins the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> that he maybe Daniel he is Jones elite. will be considered a top five quarterback. Oh, I, mean, I didn't mean to say a top ten quarterback in the NFL at some point in the next five years. I okay, I'm fair remember. with that. Yeah, say, it's not yeah, not terrible. That's where the five came from. He'll be considered a top ten quarterback in my opinion within the next five years. Okay, all right. Not that far off now. No. I, for sure. Maybe could even make an argument that he's at like ten right now. Well, we got to see how he does with more games. Like he had one <laughs> one really good game, and he's I mean, been playing he's good been this play, year. He's playing good football. He's been yeah. playing good football. Uh, he's definitely close. Like that's if more not so there, about sure. like he's top ten quarterback this year. This year, like he might have been like the tenth best quarterback this year. He's top ten quarterback this year, I think. Maybe, but like maybe in I don't the know. NFL, like I have to look at it. Like right that's just now. off the top of my head. I don't know. I don't. Th- I'm not going to give him that yet, but. I did like what I saw from him. He's a good player. CJ Stroud finally declared. Top ten quarterback. Move out of the way, Daniel Jones. That just, it just popped up on the Twitter timeline. Because he kind of like, he was kind of pushing the deadline. He was. Uh. Like, is it today or tomorrow? It's either tonight or tomorrow night. One of the two. But he got in. Got in in time. Uh, we'll take a break, though. On the other side, we will look back at Tennessee, Kentucky, and maybe do some good, bad, and the ugly all, all at the same time. We'll see what we can get into. Stay with us here on The Blitz. Part of my heart for you is more than a reaction to your touch. It's a perfect passion, and I can't get enough the way you look, the way you laugh, the way you love me. Back here on the Blitz. So uh, I don't know. We've taken we've taken a lot of time talking playoffs today. A lot of time, and well, we have thirty minutes left, and we have three things to talk about to do with with one segment left. <laughs> we need to look Jeez. at tonight's playoff game. Tennessee, Kentucky played a basketball game Saturday. We also have to play the good, bad, and the ugly. It's a lot. So should we just? Andy, as co-host, I'm delegating responsibility to you. Nice. Could um, we? We should. Could we do good, bad, and the ugly tomorrow in case the Cowboys or the Bucks get good, bad, or ugly? 
You know, Sam, I think I think that's uh, – we said it earlier, right? It's technically the weekend still because MLK Day, three-day weekend, so we can do good, bad, or ugly from the three-day weekend tomorrow. There you go. Tuesday draft, though? We'll just do both. I'll right, we'll just do both. I like that Let's idea. Do both. Maybe we draft our ugliest, our best, and our good. <laughs> We pick like three Fair. things from each one. <laughs> Fair point. Wrap it all into one. Maybe I just, like that. Maybe we just do a full for Tuesday draft, full seven round mock draft. Mm. <laughs> Entire hour two. A, a full on mock draft of seven teams or seven rounds, thirty two teams of just anything. No, the NFL. Oh, the NFL. Okay. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, uh, in that case. Tennessee, Kentucky, Saturday. We, let's let's talk about it. It's frustrating, but I I saw a lot of people online on the timeline, throughout the fan base, trying to like jump to some pretty major conclusions from this game. You know, oh, this is why Tennessee can't win in March. Oh, Tennessee, you know, they they would get boat raced by Alabama. Alabama would run us off the floor. Tennessee is not good. Tennessee is overrated. Tennessee this. Tennessee that. And I, I just think we all need to kind of pause. Breathe in, breathe out, have some perspective, right? Saturday sucked. Saturday was bad. Tennessee played bad. The effort, I, I don't really, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily knock the effort, but I will say the effort looked to be worse than Kentucky's effort. You know, it was just bad basketball all around. Bad. Frustrating disgusting it's also not indicative of some greater crisis like we don't have to try to make every loss into a crisis it's just college basketball if you're losing multiple games in a row if you're losing consistently if there's patterns you know at hand in these losses then okay you know maybe we can draw some greater conclusions but what happened saturday is well, you only made three three-point shots the entire day, uh, and you got absolutely treated like a toddler on the glass. You know, offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding was lackluster, and, and you know, maybe that's even too kind. Combined with the lack of shot-making and, and some weird shot luck around the rim, you lost a basketball game. And I get it, it's frustrating. I get it's especially frustrating when it's Kentucky, when they just lost to South Carolina, when their back were against the wall. But Kentucky came in, played decent enough, and, and you played some really bad basketball. And that's just what it is, period. Like, that is what it is, but you're still a top-five team in college basketball, roughly. Like, you're still on track to potentially win the SEC. You're still on track to, you know, be a one or a two seed, and you're still – in a position where you can make a deep postseason run. Losing a, a game on January 14th when you make three three-point shots all day doesn't mean that you're going to get bounced in the second round. Doesn't mean that you're not going to make it past the Sweet 16. So everyone, let's just take it for what it is and not try to make it into anything more. Yeah, remember it's how hard are you in March, right? You know, where you at in March. Uh, Tennessee suffered some pretty tough losses last year. Um, you lost to Alabama to open up SEC play. You, you lost to Kentucky on the road really bad last year. Um, 
but it is frustrating. It, it's one that you feel like you should have won, uh, especially being as favored as you were. Kentucky having lost to Alabama by 40, um, having just lost South Carolina, a team you beat by 40. So, yeah, I think this is a game that uh, you should have won. But in probably eight times out of ten, you might have won that game. Maybe seven times out of ten, you might have won that game, but you didn't. Um, and, you know, it. We, we said, you know, games like this happen. It's the SEC. You knew Kentucky was a talented team. They just hadn't figured it out. And, man, sometimes when teams are, are at the brink, when they are getting absolutely destroyed by their own fan base, the media, they're hearing all this noise, they're not playing well, sometimes that's stuff like that is what it takes for a team to get it together and i think they just wanted that game you know they that 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 game might have truly saved <laughs> coach cal's perspective on on if he was going to stay stay at kentucky and or if kentucky was going to want to move on from him i don't think you hear a lot of those talks anymore after that game um they they probably wanted it they probably wanted it bad and i don't blame they, them they appeared to want it more yeah, like, and honestly, not that Tennessee didn't didn't want it. It's just like, yeah, again, it's just one of those things that you can't take any opponent lightly. And and yeah, it, can you win games if if the shots aren't falling? Tennessee though missed some really easy layups, missed some really easy layups that you can't miss. You you you, you know you turn the ball over in some key situations. Threes weren't falling like they had been in the last few games. It wasn't the offense performance that you had had gotten. But hey, you got to win games even when that's not falling. Obviously, there were some highlights. Urosh played the best game of his career by yeah. large margin. <laughs> Unreal. Um, but you got out rebounded by twenty. That can't happen. You you let Kentucky just have their way um, on the glass, and it's a wake up call on that end. You know. It, it, you're gonna if you want to compete with Alabama, uh, probably the best rebounding team in the SEC. Um, man, you got some work to do there. Look, by no means are are we like letting them off the hook. You know, yeah, you you played bad, Olivier Kamwa, bad. Like you you and and you've been so good this year too. Olivier has like you need your potentially second, third best player in Olivier Kamwa, fourth best player to do anything other than play bad enough where you don't even get on the floor. You know, you need Zakai Ziegler to be at, in control. Like, you need him to make shots around the rim. You need uh, Santi, which I think Santiago Vescovi, like, something happened with his shoulder early in that game that affected him and his shot. But even though he had 13 points, like, you need him to be better than one of six from three-point range. Like, you need uh, – Josiah Jordan James in 28 minutes to be better than two of eight shooting and and five points like you need to not get whooped on on the glass but you did and, and as long as you don't let it happen again Tuesday let it happen again Saturday then you can just write it off you can say look it, it is what it is we played bad we know it we corrected it uh, and and I expect them to you know not like like not let this loss linger like I don't expect them to come out and look that way again because honestly rebounding. A lot of rebounding is effort, and I, I think again Kentucky was just the hungrier uh, team with more effort, and, and really that's rare that you see Rick Barnes, a Rick Barnes coach team, you know, get beat from an effort perspective. But I think they did Saturday, and and that's certainly a wake up call. That's something they'll certainly pay for. I imagine Rick Barnes didn't like that too much, uh, but it is what it is, and it's not it, it's not like it derails your season. It's not like you're not still on a, a very 
forward trajectory because you still are. You're still in great shape, and you're still staring a February 15th matchup with Alabama uh, for the SEC crown potentially. Like Nothing has really changed in that regard. I still have all the confidence in the world in this team. And, I mean, what do we talk about? Like, what were we a little bit scared of? A Kentucky team that's still very talented that's now backed fully into a corner, backed up against the wall. A talented and desperate team is the most dangerous thing in college basketball. And on Saturday it was. Again, even with all of that, like, does Kentucky beat you if you do anything other than shoot – what, 12% from the free th- three-point line? Like, 14, no. yeah. 14%? Yeah, they still probably don't beat you. Does Tennessee, I mean, does Kentucky still beat you if there isn't a free throw discrepancy of, of 15? Probably not. You know, Kentucky Well, they made their free throws. 88% and... from the free throw line, too. Like, that's atypical for Kentucky. So, like, they did some nice things, but, you know, we're not going to, to use this as an excuse to be like, see, I told you, no. Rick Barnes is just going to fail in March. Why are we even watching this? No, that's stupid. Stop Not, that not right fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the silver line is that you just kind of beat yourself that game. If you if you found yourself tweeting, same thing's going to happen in the round of 32. Typical Barnes coach team. I'm tired of this Tennessee basketball mess uh, you know, I'm tired of hearing everyone say uh, everything's it. fine. Just don't watch then. Find something else. <laughs> Find something else. Every, I mean, you're right going to lose. You're just bringing everyone else down. You know what? Quite frankly, it's pretty hard to go. I'm tired. I'm tired no. of hearing it. I'm tired of being nice. You're being a loser. <laughs> Quit being a loser. <laughs> and there news. are people probably at this radio station that have tweeted some of those things too. I Quit say, being a loser. I want to say one thing as well because I see a lot of this now. I see a lot of this now, and I'm frustrated by it. I don't know who who I don't. It doesn't even apply to necessarily this Tennessee Kentucky game. I saw it some for this Tennessee Kentucky game from both sides, but just for sports in general, I'm really I don't like. I hate the like. I, think I know where you're going. This is your Super Bowl. Yes, this is our Super Quit Bowl. Quit saying that. Enjoy dude. a win. Quit because saying that. I was like Kentucky was getting emotional after the win. Of course, they just lost South Carolina and Alabama by forty. They're gonna be excited about being a top five team on the road. Just because they are excited about a win doesn't mean that they treated us as their Super Bowl. And I get Bowl. it. Like I get that like, Tennessee fans were taking shots at Kentucky because Kentucky, every time they lose, they go, well, you know, it's not, it's, it's just hard when you're Kentucky and everyone gets up for you when you're everyone's Super Bowl. Like, I get and I hate like, Tennessee fans were trying to throw it like, back at Kentucky. The Jaguars fans celebrating a playoff win and be people saying, oh, this was your Super Bowl. Maybe it was because they won a playoff game. When did People the Jaguars get a win to play? Be yeah, excited. I want to be excited after my if if the Cowboys beat the, the Bucks tonight, I'm gonna be excited because hey, playoff wins are hard to come by. Hey, road wins in the SEC is over a top five team. That's hard to come by. Like any any win, enjoy your win. Like just because you're having fun doesn't mean it's like oh you're yes. tr- you're have more fun. Sports are fun. Let's have more fun. Don't but complain. Again, that's like oh this quit, is like I understand Super Bowl I get being scared. I get that it hurts to be let down year after year. Like, I understand where the pain comes from, but quit being a loser. Uh, You're not winning the basketball game shooting 14% from three and getting out-rebounded by 20. Like, it's not not the end-all, be-all for the whole program now. You you played bad in the game in the regular season, in the 17th game of the year. You're halfway through the regular season, basically. Yeah, a lot of game left. You got a lot of ball left. A lot of game left. I'll tell you what, though. I am scared of Alabama. They are very good. They're, they're, <laughs> they're very, very, very good. good. Very, very good. They are a good team, and maybe they – yeah, they just are – they are very good. <laughs>
they were beating LSU by quite a lot there. <laughs> and they did beat them by quite a lot. I mean, what wow. was it? It was like 55 to 19. 55 to 19. <laughs> Alabama's really good. Yeah. Oh, man, they're really good. Yeah, it was 59 to 22 at half. Brandon Miller. That's the best player points. I'd like to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Were All we, right. like, in his top schools? Oh. Brandon Miller? Ooh. I don't remember what his recruitment was like, honestly. Let's see. Super well. I, I just keep watching him and I just. I'm it like, sucks how, when. How do we let an in state player sucks when someone, yeah, go to left, Bama? You know, got out of your state wow. to go to Alabama and it's as good as they are. Yeah, I didn't know feeling. he was from Tennessee. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, we Franklin played him in high school. We played him in high school, and he was just as good as a freshman. Let me. Uh, oh, that's crazy. I think he was down uh, to the he G visited, League and 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 Bama. If I'm not, he visited mistaken. us summer of 2021. Yeah, he did. A week before he visited Alabama. I think he was deciding between. We Bama were in and his top. We were in his uh, top eight, but we did not make his top four. We were his. We were in his top eight. His top four was Alabama, Tennessee State, the G League, and the NBL. What if Tennessee State had gotten random? <laughs> Who's the TSU coach? That's crazy. Yeah, no. Uh, TSU offered him. Uh, Memphis was in his top. No, Memphis did not make his top eight. But, yeah, Tennessee definitely offered him. All right, Andy. It's 11.43. So, I want you to tell me what's going to happen tonight. Floor's yours. Oh, Cowboys and – Cowboys, Bucks. We're, just, we're making that switch right now? Yeah, we are. It's your day. Oh, um, you know, I don't know. I I have uh, I have lived through some some terribly painful playoff games. In, in my lifetime, I will say. Um, I've lived through a few playoff wins. Not a lot. None of them on the road. But here we are. We're we, we're on the road. A team with a, a good record versus a team with a losing record. They have a losing record, right? They're 8-9. and nine. They got a losing record? Oh, uh, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Losing record versus a team that got 12 wins. Should be easy, right? No. Cowboys don't win playoff games on the road, do they? Uh, Tom Brady certainly doesn't lose to the Cowboys, right? He's seven and zero, six and zero against the Cowboys. Um, odds are very stacked against us, despite us having four more wins than this team. We lost to him already. Lost to him week one, and it was a bad game. Tom Brady, bad game. Never lost to the Cowboys. Never. Ever. He's never lost. Ever. So Ever. So yes, I'm very scared. Cowboys played terrible against the Commanders just last week. It's okay because you played really great the week before against the Titans practice squad. We did, so that's good. I was um, being sarcastic. You didn't play well in that game. But I'm throwing all that out. <laughs> throwing all that out the window. I think I – Dak Prescott thought that Kevin Byard played for the Cowboys. One of those interceptions was not terrible. his fault. Yeah, but he he is a turnover merchant. Yes, he is a turnover merchant. Um Dak Prescott will turn the ball over tonight. I mean, it's going to happen, but uh, I think well, I, you just got to throw that out the window, right? Like, I mean, the Cowboys can't get in their head about, you know, how long it's been since but you wrote it. I know, but they can't. Dak like, Prescott, I feel like, is the king of, like, letting things get in, pe- in your head. I know. 
but Tampa Bay is not that good this year. They are not that good. They are lucky to be one game under 500. They are. Like, they are not fortunate. a good team. Somehow they pulled off multiple miraculous comebacks, or else you'd be playing in Charlotte tonight. Yes, the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys are the better team. They would should be, be the better team. What? If it was in Charlotte, would you have gone? Yes. If it, it was on Monday, I, I couldn't have gone. If it was on, so I would have gone Saturday. Saturday or Monday? Sa- Saturday or Monday, I would have gone. If it were in Charlotte, yes, but alas, probably should have been. Probably should have been. I, I was really hoping they were. They Panthers kind of blew it. They had the lead in that game. Cowboys are the better team. They're a different team than they were week one. Bucks are a different team than they were week one. Cowboys have a defense that could put immense pressure on Tom Brady, and they need to. They need Micah Parsons to be flying around. They need Demarcus Lawrence to be explosive off the edge. Make Tom Brady worry about getting the ball out. Make Tom Brady try to make plays. Put some pressure on him. Bucks haven't run the ball very well. Cowboys defense has been very hit or miss defending the run. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, is playoff Lenny going to be activated tonight? How are the Cowboys going to handle, uh, you know, the Bucks offensive game plan? Um, Tom Brady's a winner. I can't argue that. He's a winner. But... Is this his year? It doesn't feel like his year. No, it doesn't, doesn't feel like his year. That is... I don't know. That's what I'm telling myself. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't like, feel like his year, but, like... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean... It is Tom Brady in the playoffs, and you never want to meet Tom Brady in the playoffs, you, but if out of any Tom Brady team that has made the playoffs, this is the one that you want to Let play. me ask you this, right? How many times has that been said, you think, Andy? Let me like, ask you Probably this. before, but this one feels like the worst Tom Brady playoff team. Fast forward... Six days. Sunday. Sunday night, he just ordered some Mexican food, picked it up. He sit down at the dinner table, flipped the TV on. It's Sunday night football in the playoffs. Who do you see? Who do you see in San Francisco? Who do you imagine when you close your eyes? I'm not going to do it this. anyone other than Tom Brady? I'm not going to do Can this. Can you imagine any other outcome besides – Tom Brady in San Francisco. I do, but is I'm not going to say of his it. Career? Is it the last game of his career playing against his favorite childhood team? I'm not. I'm not be doing the team this. He plays for next year. Never Sunday been a home football? dog. Brady. Either way, either way, the winner of this game is going to be at a, a an all time disadvantage. 49ers played on Saturday. These teams are playing on Monday. That is kind of wild. It doesn't make sense to me. The only way it would make sense is if they played again okay. on Monday. A Super Bowl. That doesn't make sense to me at all. That's Bowl. what doesn't make sense. Teams that win the Monday night football playoff game have never done anything but win a Super Bowl. So just know that. You're playing for a Super Bowl tonight. This is our Super Bowl. This <laughs> is your Super <laughs> this Bowl. This is our Super Bowl. Best bet coming up next. <laughs> all right. Wrapping up the show with a little best bet. got time to build a parlay i think let's build a parlay okay let's do it all right sam to you first um i'm gonna go shoot man i hate to do this andy i'm sorry man i'm gonna ruin y'all's parlay whatever you do actually no that's <laughs> that's a high number this is bad this is bad I'm, I'm choking give me uh tony pollard over 48 and a half rushing yards nice nice and 
for my bet, I'm I'm sorry, and I'm gonna have to go Bucks money line. That's your best bet. Yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Parlay leg and best bet, Andy. My parlay leg. Cowboys money line. It's Cowboys money line. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you said it. Just because you said Bucks money line, I gotta go Cowboys money line because I can't. I can't support a parlay. You're giving us terrible odds. Too bad. You asked. Right now we're at plus 162 with two legs. My uh, um, best bet over Pacers on the road at Milwaukee. The Bucks have lost. Uh, oh, no, the Pacers have lost three in a row. The Bucks have lost two in a row. Someone's got to win. I'm going to throw in another leg, Charlie. No. Come on. No. Mike Evans touchdown? No. He's on fire. No. Plus 200. Stop. Because my parlay leg <laughs> to make up for Andy's stupid little bet. It's not my fault. This is Sam's fault. It's Mike been. Evans' two-plus touchdowns. <laughs> two-plus, dude. You just take a Mike Evans touchdown, and I'll add Dalton no. Schultz. No. No. Mike Evans, two-plus touchdowns. Tony Pollard over 48.5 rushing yards. Dallas Cowboys money line. $10, 20 bucks like we usually do. Over on FanDuel, wins $1,653. Let's go, Free boys. money. Free money. Free money <laughs> being handed away here on the Blitz. Sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm going to go bet that. That was a good part. Do it. Be a Cowboys fan for the night. I already I'll put Bucks money line in there yeah, and get more money. We got, we got parlays coming down to Bucks money line. I'm probably going to make that parlay and just put Bucks money line in there and make it even more money. I think it would make it less money. Why? Because the odds are so high because we're betting on Mike Evans to score two touchdowns, but the Cowboys to still win. Like, that's why the odds are so high, partially. Like, here, let's see what yeah. happens if we there's remove. Still a plus, there's still plus money, though, the Bucks. I, I get what you're saying. I see your, I see your logic. Actually, I was wrong. It is more money if you replace it with Bucks money line. Okay, well, simply just because they're like minus one forty-five, I think. If it was like a pick'em game, I think you're right. I think I'm in love with this parlay, with Bucks money line instead of Cowboys money line. Two two Mike Evans touchdowns, Charlie. He's scoring two touchdowns. touchdowns. I think he's going to score one for sure. And when he one of them is going to be on Trayvon Trayvon Diggs on like a double move, and it's going to be hilarious. Like it's going to break Twitter. That's going to be our big Twitter moment of the night. The first one is it's going to be Trayvon Diggs just like biting aggressively hard and getting toasted in like the first quarter. That's going to be the first touchdown, maybe. Anyway, my best bet. Um, Here comes a Big Sky basketball game. <laughs> there is no Big Sky basketball on tonight, I don't think. It's, but there is Big West basketball on. Actually, no, there is Big Sky basketball on too. Pardon me. Over to the Big Sky. Give me Eastern Washington and Steel Venters. Steel Venters this year shoots 95% from the free throw line. Incredible. One of the best no, one of the best in the country. Steel Venters, I think he's dropping 22. The Eastern Washington, uh, Eastern Washington, they're winning by more than four. They're covering minus four. That's my best bet. Go bet the Blitz parlay, too, because it's, it's winning. But just remember, if you really want to win, replace Cowboys money line nope. with Bucks money line. And don't listen to Andy Brock. Andy, good luck tonight. Good luck. Go, boys. Good luck. Big night. I'm sorry. Later. I'm smiling right now, but. <laughs> How sad are you going to be tomorrow morning? Like, are you going to be able to come in? 
Yeah, no, of course. I'm not like gonna be <laughs> not like you. <laughs> I'm not gonna be like you. I mean, I've I've had this happen several times. Well, I'm sorry that it's gonna happen again tonight. But uh, for Sam Beard, for Andy Brock, I'm Charlie Collier. Y'all have a beautiful day. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk sports, John. Either up next.